Hello, loyal listeners of Rage Against the Mainstream. Bill here. Are you enjoying our break? I know I am. Season two is coming along, but an opportunity arose to do an interview here with a great guy. Um, His name is Chris Bianchi. He wrote a book called The Music Agenda, Best Practices for Your Music Career, co-written by William J. Metzger. Um, This book is basically how to succeed in the music industry or how to even navigate through it at any level. If you're just starting out, if you're semi-professional or professional, this book is able to help you. Uh, So without further ado, let's get into this thing. Welcoming to Rage Against the Mainstream for the first time, the author of The Music Agenda, Best Practices for Your Music Career, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Bianchi. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited. No problem, man. No worries. I guess for those of us or our listeners that don't know who who you are, who are you and what do you do? So yeah, my name is Chris Bianchi. Uh, I'm a worldwide music artist manager. I'm also a record label owner. So those are my two, I guess, main hats that I've worn over the last you know, decade or more in the music business. Um, I got my start while I was still in high school in a heavy metal band that got assigned to uh, a record company that was well known. We got to tour all over the United States and Canada, um, have a music video that was out on MTV2, which was really cool at the time. Oh, wow. So kind of doing that stuff. Yeah, doing that stuff years ago kind of drove me into more the business seat and the business side of things. So um, over the past 10 plus years, I've got to work with all kinds of really cool artists along the way, such as, you know, Black Veil Brides, uh, Zach Wilde, Black Label Society, uh, Rex Brown from Pantera put out a solo album that I was a part of. So there's a, a lot of really cool stuff more in the hard rock and heavy metal scene. Um, and what's been my specialty kind of over the last 10 years is besides, I guess, working with bigger artists as a part of a team is actually helping develop up and coming talent of all kinds and sizes. Uh, from all over the globe. So, you know, we work with artists in the United States and Canada and Sweden, Germany, Italy, um, all over the place to kind of help them get a better understanding of the business today, the modern side of things, what's going on, how they can actually grow their self as a brand. So it's been uh, really cool. That's awesome. Before we did this interview, I read a little bit about you. I mean, there, I, you know, I tried a little bit to find as much as I could. So we had, you know, talking points here. But the one thing that I found that was interesting is that your band, uh, Forever in Terror, was signed to, uh, you know, a major label while you guys were in high school. How did you, how did you end up signing with them? You know, that's kind of a funny story. And a, a long story short is there was a bunch of local bands at the time that all kind of were playing the local scene and working really hard and practicing all day. And it was very competitive around here um, as far as the Cleveland, Ohio music scene went. So I was in one band and these guys were another band at the time. Uh, They were doing really good, just doing, you know, the usual grind, I guess, again, back in, you know, those days was like selling tickets, talking to people at school, uh, flyering, doing the whole bit, you know, back then, oh, yeah. uh, they ended up catching the attention of, of Metal Blade. And so there ended up being a change of members. And I ended up joining kind of right during the process when they were about to sign um, as becoming the singer. But it was really just hard work and dedication back then, you know, utilizing our resources, uh, such as being in high school at the time and having, you know, our friends and our classmates who were into metal and, you know, kind of yeah. the community that was built around there was, was a really cool thing. So, I mean, that's kind of how it all came to be back then was you know sparking the attention of a handful of labels and, and a bunch of them you know i guess made some offers or wanted to make offers but that one made the most sense so those guys signed the contract actually with their parents which was pretty pretty unheard of back at that time you know so yeah, exactly 18, 18 yet 
<laughs> yeah, it was actually kind of funny because me and my buddies were talking about this the other day because we were all in bands in high school and whatnot. And we we had said to each other that we wish we had taken it more serious in high school because it's like the perfect marketing. Like, you know, you have hundreds of kids that go to your high school. You know, that this was like prime opportunity for advertisement. And obviously, yeah, as a kid, yeah. you don't really think of this. And it seems like you guys, you know, took advantage of that. And that was extremely smart. Yeah, I mean, and, and the band, again, you know, kind of had a thing going before I came into it. So I don't take you know credit fully for that or anything. They were, you know, gifted children, gifted kids, I guess, as far as their work ethic. And it even, it even you know, inspired myself when I joined the group and stuff. But I mean, they were you know, they had a vision from day one, even in the eighth grade, you know, Hey, we want to be a serious band. We want to practice. They had schedules, you know, they had agendas of what they were trying to achieve. And I thought that was really cool. And uh, I guess nobody else around here at the time was doing that kind of thing. It was again, you know, mostly just kind of playing any show people could hoping, you know, instead of having a real plan. So that's what stood out about, you know, what we did and what worked. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, I guess let's start this at the beginning. What got you into music? Honestly, it's just been something that has been a part of my life. You know, nobody in my family necessarily were like musicians or anything too crazy. Um, you know, it's just around. My mom played it for me. My father played it um, as a kid. You know, I got a little drum set, little things like that, just really dallying around basically until, you know, around seventh grade when I met a group of friends who also, you know, wanted to play and wanted to jam um, and kind of further indulged myself into the music scene and just kind of became obsessed. You know, literally every second was spent studying, you know, drums or studying my favorite artists or concerts or anything like that. So it's kind yeah. of just the process of our obsession and passion and love all mixed in. What was the progression from being a musician and being in a band to moving to the business or management side of music? Yeah, it was a slow process. You know, I mean, it took time. The first couple of years were spent on the road and you know, being, being a musician, obviously, first and foremost, yeah. being a musician first and foremost out there was, you know, challenging and, and fun and a great time. But what we kept finding quite often was we still needed that person. And at the time, we didn't have huge budgeting to hire, you know, roadies too much or tour managers or all these extra people. So the business kind of fell in my lap, you know, so I was out there doing the day-to-day -day stuff and advancing shows and, you know, meeting these promoters. And along the way, I also kind of stumbled upon a handful of really cool artists that I, you know, wanted to try to help them, you know, take them out on the road, teach them what I knew, uh, help put them in better positions and things. So that's kind of what got me started was, you know, kind of reaching out to one or two bands come on a tour with us, uh, helping teach them and introduce them to some labels and things. And before I had known it, you know, our band kind of took a backseat and eventually stopped touring and, and doing that route as a full-time thing. And I already had kind of built, you know, a, a little bit of a name and a clientele uh, where I was able to make the switch over, you know, and, and start kind of right away helping artists develop themselves. Well, it's almost like it's like a natural progression to where, you know, like you had already seen how it worked. You saw that there was, you know, an opportunity to grow yourself as a, you know, that not only, you know, in a professional standpoint, but you're also able to help everyone else or help out people, you know, that were seeking out advice or whatever. Uh, that's just, that's awesome. Yeah. It was something that was important to me. It still really is. And that's kind of what, you know, long story short again, but kind of why we wrote the book and, you know, had put this together is a, a way that, you know, there's so many artists that need help and there's only so much time in the day. So that's why we hope to kind of get the message and spread the word out here. as this is kind of a guide, you know, for the artist that I can't personally sit with and mentor along the way or something, you know? 
So do you have a preference on whether you like being the musician or the manager? Yeah, you know, both kind of. I mean, for some reason, I've always been attracted to the business side of things. I've always been kind of entrepreneurial, if that's even the right word. But, you know, <laughs> I've always just had that kind of spirit of wanting to, like, form businesses and be involved in that side of things. So I guess it still comes with, like, a creative, you know, a creative flow, too, because I'm helping on that side, like, behind the scenes still make the art. So, I mean... I think business comes for me that I love as much as I like being the artist, but the business is what excites me of seeing numbers and, you know, making fans and all this kind of stuff that we can work on together uh, behind the scenes to bring it to life for people. That's awesome. How did you get the idea to write uh, the music agenda or like what sparked it? You know, it was a meeting with it. It was kind of a chance meeting of, of minds and, and like likenesses of, you know, I was speaking at a music conference about, probably seven months, eight months ago. I forget when it was last spring. And I met up with a friend who was named William Metzger. He's an entertainment attorney um, and also kind of doing some similar things in the form of helping artists develop in ways and manage and look over their careers and contracts. So we just kept talking about, you know, there's all these things you can go online and you can Google, you know, and find a million bits of resources and you can, you know, YouTube, all these people who tell you all this information, but there's nowhere where you can almost source most of them to, to seeing proof or what have they done? Who are they? You know, it's like, how can you be a guru without any kind of proof? I guess is my kind of take. Yeah, so exactly. What we started talking about was, yeah, we started talking about like, there was nothing modern for artists, I guess, as a way for them to truly have a guide of point A to point B in the modern industry. You know, somebody you can trust, something that you can look over and have as kind of an all the time reference for yourself. So we kind of came together at this music conference and started, you know, toying the ideas, putting things into place. And it was a labor of love between the two of us back and forth, probably for about six months at least of, you know, building. What was it like while writing the book? Like how's the progression like throughout the book? Like how was it to start, you know, start to finish? There's a pretty good flow to it. It's pretty easy to take in. That was something that, you know, myself being mindful as well, William, uh, my partner is that, you know, people don't like to sit there necessarily if they have, uh, excuse me, short attention spans, you know? So, I mean, there's so much knowledge and obviously you can't fit it all in there and try to explain it all, but we try to summarize, you know, the best way that we could possibly for artists to just take in the information, understand it, you know, simplify things without it being too simple or too complicated. So, you know, it starts off and it kind of goes through parts or chapters, you know, there's like a chapter about touring, a chapter about your band as a business, a chapter about your merchandising, a chapter about recording. So, you know, maybe if you're interested in one specific thing or you might want to skip to one specific topic first, you know, you can and, and each one's understandable. And then what we did to kind of help, you know, the artists, whether they want to utilize it or not, at the end of the book, we actually did like a, I think it's a 10 or a 15 uh, question little quiz there with answers. So kind of at the end of it, you can test your knowledge, you know, go through, see if you actually remember it, obtained any knowledge. Um, oh, that's awesome. Nice little bonus thing there. Yeah. That's actually really cool. Um, I, I guess it's to see if you've retained any kind of information. It's not like, a, um, you know, like be a successful band in five minute video on YouTube. Yeah, there's a little more to it, but, you know, and even the way that we formatted it, it's really easy on the eyes. It's easy to kind of understand, take in. There's a lot of pictures, you know, so, I mean, it's not a boring read, I guess. And then total, I think it's roughly, you know, without the bonus and the extra things that are included, it's probably about 50 pages, you know, roughly, give or take. So, again, it's just enough that 
you can really take it in, but it's not too overwhelming like a 380 page book that oh, yeah. nobody really wants to sit there and read in, in this, you know, in this day and age. I mean, somebody might, but most people don't. So. Yeah. I mean, you're talking to, you're talking to a guy that does podcasts. Trust me. I understand the attention span of some people. <laughs> um, I guess, well, I guess we had already covered about the, your goal while writing the book was, um, you know, to help out artists that, you know, don't really have a mentor or someone by their side to help them. Is there anything you want to expand on with that? Yeah. I mean, I think it really kind of stems from, you know, proof is in the pudding, I guess is the old statement or whatever, but it's like, you know, again, these people that are out here giving the advice, I'm not saying they're incorrect or wrong. And there are a lot of people who are, you know, out there that offer it. But what I found is the same thing kind of over and over again. It's like random people who are offering advice that don't really have any proof or any, you know, they've never done it necessarily. So like, how can you take their advice seriously for to an extent, or it's people that are like almost way above where the artist might never be, you know, it's like, you can't really take Kiss's manager giving you advice is okay, but it's like, that's a whole different world, you know? So we wanted to be somewhere in that middle ground where like we're relatable to the artist. It's real size artists, you know, yeah. the, the mindfulness is things that's realistic to people not saying like, Oh, you can go sell out an arena and be Lady Gaga. You know, it's like, yeah. realistic to the artists and their expectations and what they're looking to get and do out of it. So I think that's what's cool. And then the other bonus thing that we've put together is to help the artists uh, get exposure is we've built a custom playlist on Spotify. So any artist that actually purchases a copy of our book will put their, uh, their song on our playlist. So it's kind of a way of us even giving back to their exposure for, for artists and as well, they'll earn money, you know, through their streams on our playlist. Oh, wow. That that's actually really cool. That's awesome. So that way it's kind of an investment and, you know, it's an investment in the artist, I guess, self for their, their learning, but also gives them a way to earn back. You know, even if it is small pennies or whatever it might be, it's still earning back in your investment there. Exactly. I mean, it's a penny more than you had the day before. Right. Right. <laughs> um, how much of the book is actually from your personal experience as a touring musician or, you know, even from the business standpoint? That's a great question. I mean, I think anything that I've written, you know, we split. The, the writing, you know, about 50-50, some of the experience stuff and more of the management stuff is, is on mine, more the, you know, business or legal end is on, on William there. So, I mean, it's all written from the day-to-day stuff I deal with, you know, of artists of all sizes that I represent right now, um, all the way to things that I've been with before, you know, when I was touring. But now with the more modern type of things is, you know, it's, uh, it's with artists that I deal with every day, you know, right now. So, I mean, it's, it's the stuff that I, I see and live and breathe. besides uh mercenary management you also have you know uh cb entertainment and legend recordings um you care to elaborate on those a little bit more yeah so mercenary management is the company that's based out of los angeles um it's a larger firm and that's where you know we or or the team represents andy beersack and black belt ride zach wild black label society um and a handful of other larger clients so i worked as a part of a team you know, they're on the day-to-day management and overall development of those acts and being a part of that team. Uh, CD Entertainment is my own firm, and that's also been established for about 10 years now, and that's where, you know, I do my artist development, and we offer kind of anything that a band can need from lyric videos to designs to merchandise printing to, you know, again, just hands-on consulting and development or radio campaigns, or it's like a one-stop hub, you know, I guess, of entertainment for, for helping artists. Oh, That's wow. been something that we've done. We've done a lot of cool stuff there. I think we've signed about 15 record deals over the last 10 years uh, oh. from our, our representation there. So it's been cool. It's been artists of all sizes and, 
you know, times and things like that. Uh, one of our latest artists is Dead Girls Academy. They're on uh, Victory Records. Those guys are overseas right now for four weeks. They're touring, supporting a POD and Alien Ant Farm. So that's been pretty exciting to see their growth. Oh, yeah. I mean, to, to see any kind of touring, I mean, that that's awesome, especially with bands like that. Yeah, things are going well. Fingers crossed over there. And then not to ramble, but yeah, Legend Recordings was a partnership that I put in place about three years ago with uh, Ingroove's Music Group, which is a distribution company. Um, and that recently got bought out by Universal Music Group. So now we're kind of Universal Music Group, I guess, under that wing. Um, but that's just, again, a passion project. You know, instead of just being an old-fashioned record label where we just sign stuff, put it out, you know, kind of throw it against the wall and hope it sticks. It's just been bands that are kind of the down and outs or the outcasts or, you know, people would never give them a chance or I just really love the music and nobody else, you know, gave it the shot to... Uh, it's a hub, you know, where we can help them develop and put their music out and try to support it the best we can. That's really awesome. It seems like it seems like you're kind of you're almost giving people a shot where they normally would never have gotten one. Yeah, yeah, and and we try to offer it in many ways. Yeah, I mean, I guess where's that come from? Like, where where did you get the idea to you know help out these people that you know normally would never have gotten this kind of help before? I mean, I guess a mixture of things. You know, one being being a musician, I guess, first and foremost, you know, or being a, a, you know, an artist myself is like, I always wanted somebody to try to help be there for me. And there really wasn't, you know, I mean, again, you had like really huge management companies or really huge managers or these big companies, but the big companies would, I hate to use the word, but never gave a crap, you know, about the small bands or the developing talent or not even that, but just trying to help teach them, um, you know, like what's right, what's wrong, how can you be successful? You know, they're always got this big, big negative kind of connotation about the industry or about labels or about how the business is. And it's really not true. I mean, there's so many artists out there who are independent, who make a living full time doing it. You know, I think it's just more a matter of mindset. So that's what over the years and seeing so many artists say the same things like, I need a label, label sucked. Oh, this screwed me over this group. You know, there's so much negativity that I was like, listen, it's only what like people are portraying. I mean, yes, there's negative same with anything, but we have to find these positives here and like, here's how I want to teach you, you know, here's the positive to look for. Here's the step to take, you know, obviously you can't predict success for any artist or force that, but the ones that work really, really hard and that really want it and follow that plan, you know, and kind of the guides uh, are, are successful. Yeah. That's, that's just incredible. Like to, just to hear that there's someone out here that are, that's, you know, looking out for the little guy. Cause you always hear about, you know, major labels and whatnot, always, you know, sticking it to the bands or whatever. And you always hear about, you know, bad things and you're, you know, you're helping out these people and making sure that this kind of stuff doesn't happen and people aren't getting taken advantage of, or at least giving them the, I or giving them like the background to not get taken advantage of. That's just, it's just amazing. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of the stuff we try to implement or teach, you know, whether it's through my, my artist development, you know, call it management development, kind of hands on working with me or even through the book is, you know, we try to teach like, it's not all negative. You know, you have to think of yourself as a business and it's, it's important for artists to take a step back and kind of ask themselves, you know, is this a business or is it a hobby? You have to kind of define which, which path you're taking, you know, because a hobby is for fun you know, and you do it for pleasure and and you don't really have a predetermined goal for success or, you know, this worked out, but a lot of artists don't even think of that. They just go, you know, and hope that something happens. And it's like, hope doesn't steer the ship. You know, you end up thinking without having a course. 
So, yeah, <laughs> let's take a turn here. Give me a day in the life of Chris Bianchi from the from the time you wake up and starting dealing with uh, bands and stuff. Oh, that's a that's a great question. Actually, I appreciate that one. No problem. Um, you know, I'm a family I'm a family man first and foremost. I mean, I have a wife and a son who's three years old, so that's always my main priority. You know, besides the, the music and craziness. So, I mean, oh, yeah. obviously, the mornings are you know mornings are spent with them and you know enjoying that time that I have before it's time to kick into work. Um, but before or, or after you know after the morning and family time, it's just it's just go go go. You know, answering emails from the day before catching up with my assistant on kind of what meetings I have for the day or what, you know, she might be working on uh, or assisting for me. And then it's just kind of a daily to-do list. You know, I have a to-do list that's still daily for myself and my team that we kind of go through that list and every day has something new, something added, changed. Um, and it's just a matter of crossing things off the list. And that's kind of how I like to live my life is for business or for life. And this is what I try to teach, you know, the artists I work with is, kind of having goals, whether it's daily and just little things that you cross off, you know, just to see accomplishments always happening, whether it's small, large, it doesn't matter the size, it's just having goals. So that way things aren't stagnant. You're not just doing the same repetitive thing. You're doing new things, achieving things along the way. And it's just good for the mind, I feel, to to keep growth always, you know, happening. Yeah, exactly. To have something to keep working towards. Yeah. So the day consists of just kind of that. I mean, it's not too crazy exciting, I guess. I mean, it is to myself because you never know what a day will bring up. You know, I mean, it could be an interview series we have that day and something pops up or, I mean, it's kind of exciting, but also a bad thing, but like something can go wrong. For example, like we just had an issue pop up um, for that band, Dead Girls Academy, when they first got to Europe with their merchandise. So, I mean, that day I was problem solving um, you know, seven boxes of merchandise traveling from the United States to, to Europe and needing oh, wow. to show up in time and, you know, dealing with customs and papers and all this kind of stuff. So that's what keeps it exciting for me is every day is really something new. You know, it's never the same day for the most part. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I, yeah, I guess with the, with the amount of, uh, the amount of clients and whatever that you have, I guess they definitely keep you busy almost all day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. I guess getting back to the book here. I was going to say, too, it's something that I love. You know, I mean, it's never like a day of work or like going to the job or, you know, and there's those sayings people are always like, oh, if you do what you love, you never work a day and all this stuff. I mean, there's definitely work days, stressful days, you know what I mean? But I, I still just love what I do. So every day kind of keeps me passionate. You know, it's just there's nothing else, no matter like what I'd rather be doing, I guess, is just music some way, shape or form. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, by everything you're telling me, I, you know, I 100% believe every word that's coming out of your mouth. <laughs> um, do you have any advice for anyone at any level trying to get into the music industry? Yeah, I mean, I, I really do. I think it's, you know, in this day and age, like the album is kind of a, a dead thing. So, I mean, it's just learning to adapt. I feel like a lot of artists like complain instead of like taking the time to like learn to adapt. And, you know, so instead of the time spent complaining, it could be learning to adapt to what today's kids are into or what today's industry is, what's working, you know, what's selling for people. And I mean, the, the artists have to learn now, again, the, there's more um, availability than ever, but you have to like work extra, extra hard. Is like, you know, a song used to be a big thing or like an album used to be a big thing, but now it's kind of about the whole process. It's about the brand. It's about, you know, the merchandise that surrounds it. So there's so much more to it that artists just have to be willing to, to work a little harder, you know, and to, to learn 
um, that you can make it. You can be a self-sustained business. You can get funding yourself. You can get business bank accounts. You know, you can you can buy vehicles. You can do all kinds of stuff. It's just, I guess, finding the right information, you know, to to get you there. Now, you just mentioned that the like the form of the album is pretty much dead. Well, what do you think it is now? Just basically streaming and singles. Yeah, and that's just, you know, kind of proven even on, on numbers and, you know, what's going on with historical data right now and stuff is like, there's just not an attention span anymore for an album. You know, I mean, if it was Led Zeppelin or Kiss or somebody that, you know, kind of beat the beat the line and they're grandfathered in, it's a little bit of a different story just because they have that built-in kind of cult-like fan base. But for today's artists, you know, there's not really demands for an album because people don't sit there and listen to 10 songs anymore. They listen to like, their favorite song and that's it or their favorite one or two songs. And then they move on to another person and another person. So what we've found to be productive and to work and what I recommend is, you know, it's a singles world anymore. Put out a single, put out a video with it, build merchandise around each single or a few songs um, and keep fresh content coming out to people so you can build a fan base and, and, you know, people are not bored then with what you have, because if you put out an album of 10 songs, and you're stuck with after. I mean, most cases, a year to two years, and people are bored by the first, you know, month or two of that. So then you're stuck for the next, you know, year or two, uh, you know, treading water, hoping to get people to listen. Yeah, exactly. That's, it's just, it's an interesting way to think about it because for so long, it's been, you know, album sales and, you know, billboard charts for how many albums were sold. And now we're in the kind of, we're, we're in the day and age now to where it's almost like, people get more people get their music intake more from like YouTube than they would to buy, you know, something off of iTunes anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really is. People have taken, you know, streaming is definitely that top consumption source right now. It seems of Apple music and Spotify, you know, videos obviously come in probably with the, the close third there, but yeah, it's just been about the artists figuring out how to stay creators. And, you know, I mean, again, I'm not saying like it's, it's always never going to be an album or anything, you know, I'm sure there's those exceptions along the way that will work and can work. But yeah. I mean, as like a growing artist, the biggest thing that I say too is like, so if you're just like a growing band, for example, most times, A, you don't have the budget to record like 10 songs, you know, to do it right and to, to invest in it. And then if they do, they usually don't have the budget to follow up on the marketing of 10 songs. So what ends up happening is like literally a a cut and dry routine of you promote, you know, you record 10 songs, you spend all the money to record 10 all the time to write 10. And then you can only promote like two of them because you only have the marketing budget to like film one video or two videos. And then the other nine songs or eight songs just kind of fall by the wayside. It's wasted money, wasted time, wasted efforts, you know, kind of is like a weird routine. So, yeah, and, and it kind of sucks too because I mean I I know that you were a musician and you spent time in the studios and whatnot and you know for people that don't know you know what like exactly what you just said it could just be a lot of time and a lot of money wasted for you know for these you know eight songs or whatever just to fall to nothing you know and that's why I'm like like talking to you about your book and everything it just makes me feel like there is some hope there for the music industry. Yeah, there certainly is, you know, and I mean, especially with the power of the internet and you know, being able to do most things again, it's like we're level playing ground with most of these labels and most of the majors and all that stuff, because, you know, they're not the gatekeepers anymore. We have the access to the YouTubes and Facebooks and Instagrams and all that stuff. So the artist more just has to kind of learn. And it's not an over, it's not an overnight thing. It takes time. It takes finesse studying, but you know, more so than just being a band. I mean, I try to, 
and I even hate to use the word sometimes, but like we have to think of it now as like a brand, you know, an influencer to where the music is almost our commercial. Cause I mean, if you do, if you stream a song, you make, you know, 0.001 cents or something. So it's like, that's not really enough for a growing artist to do anything. But, you know, if you can use the song as your commercial, that's how we can sell the merchandise. That's how we can sell some concert tickets or some uh, subscriptions or, you know, VIPs or something like that, that you actually, you know, a t-shirt makes you money or, you know, subscriptions make you money as opposed to the music. I mean, it can, but it doesn't make a lot for the most part. Yeah. I feel like people don't realize that sometimes, you know, it's not like it's all about the image, but the image is definitely a good portion of it. Very much so. All right. Now getting down to business, where can people buy your book? Yeah, so right now we're kind of rolling this out in phases. And I think that's just so, again, for people's intake, we don't want to overload them with too many places and too many things. So right now it's only available on our website, which is themusicagenda.com. And right on the website, it's an automatic download. So anybody that goes on and purchases it, it gets delivered to you right away. You have a copy of it. It's laid out really nice to read. Um, in the future coming up, we do have an audiobook being worked on. So that'll be coming out in the following weeks, um, an audiobook version of that. And then obviously it'll also go out to, you know, Amazon Kindle and all those places. And then lastly, I believe we'll be doing a limited print of physical copies um, to put out just available to, you know, a select amount of people that want to grab those up. They'll be pretty exclusive. Who, who are you guys going to get to narrate the audiobook? No, I'm not positive on that one. Right now we have a couple people and, and I don't know if we're going to go, you know, we wrote it and it's two guys. I mean, I don't know if we're going to go with two guys to read it or ourselves to read it, or if we might even go with maybe a female voice just because it's a little easier to take in sometimes. So we're still kind of discussing that one. <laughs> Is there anything that you want to plug in? Where can people find you? Where can they find, you know, CB Entertainment or Legend Recordings? You know, right now is your time to tell, you know, the world, I guess, everything that you wanted to tell them. I really appreciate that again and and appreciate uh, talking with you here and about the book and all that stuff. I mean, really, the only thing I have to say is, you know, we want to help musicians of all kinds, all genres you know, all sizes to learn more about their music and have a better understanding of today's modern industry that you can be successful. You know, you don't have to have a label. You don't have to have all this stuff that is kind of given or or portrayed out there. So, I mean, stop by our website, themusicagenda.com. And as far as myself, you can find me anywhere. Just type in my name, Chris Bianchi on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere like that. And I'll, I'll pop up. So thanks so much again. Oh, no problem. We'd like to thank Chris Bianchi for coming on this evening and, uh, you know, check out his book, The Music Agenda, Best Practices for Your Music Career, co-written with William J. Metzger, um, you know, available on themusicagenda.com and soon to Amazon and, you know, where else, wherever else you find books. We'd like to thank you for coming on today. Thank you again so much for having me. No problem. Have a good night, man. You too. We sure hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, Once again, I'd like to thank Chris Bianchi for coming on our show. And hopefully, you know, if you listening right now have, you know, a band or whatever and you want to get noticed or, you know, whatever, always you can email us at ratmpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out the music agenda, best practices for your music career, um, the music um check out cb entertainment uh legend recordings you know and as always thank you for listening um like i said before season two is on its way 
So just keep a lookout. Don't forget to follow us on social medias, uh, in Instagram and Twitter at RATM podcast, uh, facebook.com slash, uh, RATM podcast. And like I said before, our email is always open at RATM podcast at gmail.com. This is rage against the mainstream signing off. Once again, I'm bill. Have a good night.